and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 4, issue 182. You can play along with Cane and Rinse. And our next five volume 4 issues of the podcast are to include Transistor, 999, that's nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. After that, we continue our Halo series with Halo 3. Then it's Valiant Hearts, The Great War. And after that, the much-requested, long-awaited Bully, or Carnis Carnim Edit podcast. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule, the blog, and links to our shop where you can support the podcast by buying fab Cane and Rinse gear. And we also have a cool Facebook page and a cool YouTube channel. And we also have an excellent second podcast string to our bow, which is Sound of Play. And every other Wednesday, uh, a selection of... Uh, video game soundtrack pieces that we love and the community have requested as well uh, come into your ears on a separate feed so please uh, subscribe to both of these podcasts Cane and Rinse and Sound of Play and even better if you'd like to uh, review and rate them as well uh, on iTunes or wherever just on the internet in general uh, please do and uh, that would be wicked thank you now joining me Leon Cox in this issue it's Joshua Garrity hello there and Carl Moon hey guys now, I just wanted to say, because we've done a couple of uh, rhythm action game series before, and this is another one, I suppose. It's, uh, it's, we're, we're doing two games in the one podcast again. We did, uh, back in uh, issue 45 of the podcast, we did uh, the Rhythm Tengoku trilogy, or Rhythm Heaven, uh, Nintendo's uh, touchy-tappy uh, series, and then uh, in issue 120 we did the Papa, Parappa the Rapper trilogy. I don't know; it's not really a trilogy because I'm Jamalami comes in the middle, but Parappa's in it anyway. And um, in each of those podcasts, we talked something about uh, the history of rhythm action, going even back beyond before Parappa the Rapper, because Parappa the Rapper was the first key text, but wasn't necessarily the first game that involved uh, rhythmic inputs and music. Um, so. We talk more about those uh, that, that sort of side of things on, on that show. Um, but obviously, where we pick this story up, Frequency, uh, which first came out in 2001, um, we were already a few years into the what was uh, still felt like a, a pretty new genre anyway, um, and the Bimani thing was kicking off. I guess we, we were around... Um, Early, early-ish dance, dance revolution games, and and so on and so forth, um, and this kind of picked up that zeitgeist. But as we see later on, uh, as we will see, uh, frequency and amplitude very much have a, a tremendous rhythm action legacy of their own, and, and a developer legacy as well. And that developer is uh, Harmonix. 
Now, um, Harmonics was a relatively small team at the time that uh, Frequency, Frequency was uh, made, um, started back in the late 90s. Uh, the company was already already been around for a few years, started in 95 by uh, Alex Rigopoulos and uh, Aaron Agozi. I'm not sure about the pronunciation of that, who met at the famous uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Um, and I, I really like this. Apparently, the company was built on the premise that... Um, People, not everyone could just pick up an instrument and learn how to play. But uh, the idea was to give people the feeling of creating music uh, through simple button presses. And I think uh, when you look at the company's legacy, uh, they certainly achieved that. Um, Now, I didn't even know this until doing research for this podcast, but Frequency was not their first actual game. Uh, It was their first major release, but uh, prior to this, they'd released a PC CD-ROM product called The Axe, Titans of Classic Rock. So actually, their guitar stuff goes back before their kind of um, electronica stuff. Uh, Carl and Josh, were you aware of this product at all? (laughs) Not at all, (laughs) unfortunately. I'd never even heard of it. (laughs) Okay, uh, praise for your honesty, because, yeah, you know, I, I pride myself on knowing a lot of stuff about the history of games, but for me frequency was always the first harmonics game but uh, but apparently not so um the axe enabled uh, players to perform unique instrumental solos um on a pc by using a joystick so again you can see you can see the legacy there and apparently there was a a, a mooted um concept for a sequel as well uh, called the axe grooves which sounds like it may have led more uh, organically into the whole uh, frequency thing um Harmonics also made a thing called Cam Jam, uh, which was um, an entirely gesture based. So again, we sort of they sort of predated uh, iToy and um, Connect. Yes, that other thing, Connect, um, by making some software which allowed people to um, trigger music with body movements um, by looking into a camera. And apparently, that was um, used at uh, Disney theme parks. Um, never had a go myself, but it sounds it sounds like the sort of thing I'd enjoy. Um, so, obviously, they became aware of the rising success as well of Parappa and uh, Beatmania and Dance Dance, as as we spoke about. Um, and they were looking at a way of, um, you know, capturing that and bringing it to uh, an audience, a uh, console audience in the West. And um, now this is uh, very much citation needed but although ultimately sony computer entertainment uh, not only released both frequency and amplitude but apparently also still uh, own the ip um, microsoft had an earlier dibs on frequency but turned it down um, again uh, you can edit this out if you want sean but was anyone familiar with this story does this ring any bells uh no unfortunately no it's it's one of those things that i remember microsoft knocking a lot of stuff back um, financially, because they wanted to focus on their their lead uh, projects that they had going forward, the likes of Halo and whatnot, and they were mm. sort of reluctant to fund the smaller projects that that they didn't think was going to get them a wider audience. Um, but I'd never known the specifics of what games were and weren't, you know, passed on. Sure, yeah. So uh, 
as we say, um, Frequency was the next project. Rigopolis and Egozi um, got this team of 25-plus uh, people together, um, and it features songs by uh, mostly electronic artists, but also um, people from the studio under various pseudonyms w- that we'll talk about. And um, the game got the uh, the kind of verbal public say, uh, you know, um, backing from uh, Shuhei Yoshida, which must have been must have been a good thing, um, and yeah, eventually it came out in November two thousand and one on uh, in the US on PlayStation two, PlayStation two only, uh, and we had to wait uh, seven months in Europe to uh, to get it in June two thousand and two. Um, the reviews were generally very positive. The uh, game ranking average is uh, mid-80s, um, but it did not sell a huge amount of copies. Now, uh, our histories with the game... Uh, well, Josh, uh, I, I, did you play this at the time? Um, I didn't play it uh, kind of year of release, um, but uh, a friend of mine owned a, a copy of Frequency... Um, uh, I think it was around uh, 2014. I was definitely like a early teenager. Uh, my first experience with this game, and and I didn't I didn't ever really own a copy myself until much later on. So I think I was about 19 when I finally decided to actually buy a copy of Frequency for myself. But uh, most of my memories with this game are actually to do with these uh, multiplayer sessions um, I had around uh, my friend's house and oh, great. Okay. and um, kind of experiencing it that way. Um, yeah, and it became just it it became one of those games that we constantly went back to. Like we'd experiment with other stuff, but this became one of those, you know, the the staples, the ones that like we were always going to have a good time with this game. And and we and we tried it in different ways. So sometimes we'd play the you know the multiplayer mode that's that's in the game already. But sometimes we would just challenge each other in the solo mode and and mm. you like see uh, who could get the uh the highest score on a track and and pass the pad around the room and stuff like that um yeah i i have some really positive memories of this game uh despite not owning it for the longest time yeah sometimes the way carl what about you uh, my history is somewhat similar to josh's uh albeit at a much later age, because I first experienced frequency and amplitude on the same night uh, in 2004 at a university house party, which is an unusual way, because I've always liked music games from the the creation of music ones like music on the PlayStation or Mm, Dance and Rave EJ, and back on the PC. And Mm. it's it's odd because I'm a non-musical person, uh, aside from two years of cello playing, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, little, little insight into my past there, a musical past. But um, this one sort of passed me by, and it was it. We went to a house party. Uh, I say we. It, it was me and a few university friends, as you'd expect. And it was a so it was a bring your own computer thing, and we were playing the likes of Star Wars Battlefront and whatnot. And when we got a bit jaded of constant shooters, because you know. Even back in the sort of the early two thousands, that was the case. We'd all pop downstairs, go in front of the TV, and play a little something different, and that was frequency. And we'd be playing it in multiplayer, um, be- because it, you know it would sort of refresh your palate somewhat, and it was a little bit different. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's my history of it. I discovered both those games the same night playing multiplayer 
um, completely unexpected. And if I didn't go to that party, I may never have played it. So, yeah. All right. Was it one where you had to then sort of go out and get your own copies or? Again, like Josh, it was some years later. Um, I, I originally picked up Amplitude and then picked Frequency up a little bit later. Yeah, oh, that's an interesting way around to play them because I think yeah. uh, we'll talk about the differences and, and whatever, but um, certainly I would say that they, they made the second game easier to play. If Whether that was for, for good or ill, we'll discuss. But, Absolutely. Um, but to go back to frequency from amplitude would have been challenging, I suspect. Yeah, that was the case that, you know, I'm, I'm, both those games were out. Uh, amplitude was certainly a little bit more polished when you were playing it in, in co-op, um, but I wanted frequency so I could have them both. Uh, more more than to actually go and replay and and before this podcast I actually because I gave my PS2 away I'm not entirely sure who to no nope, still um, don't know it's with with those two games and I now have access to a, a PS2 again and in the last couple of weeks I've been around loads of trade shops uh, and stuff around various towns and CEX and I've never seen a single copy of either which is they a little are bit rare. frustrating yeah. they're pretty rare um, so Frequency we'll talk about Amplitude separately but Frequency sold uh, a grand total of uh, less than 200,000 200,000 copies worldwide I don't know how many were produced but probably I doubt they pumped out a mil- you know millions of discs so it's not a game that's in you know surplus um, I my history is that I bought this day one 28th of uh, June 2002 which I, I realised is also well I realised this first but it's actually the uh, my anniversary of um, getting together with my still girlfriend and um, I do vaguely remember buying it uh, that day but obviously other things other memories are stronger um, but I do uh, associate playing frequency with the very very early stages of, of my now 13 year relationship um, because I remember uh, my fingers twitching with muscle memory when we were uh, you know I was younger then we went clubbing and stuff like that and I remember pl- listening to music in clubs and my three fingers that you play frequency with were doing doing the controls to frequency so uh yeah i bought this day one because um mainly because of a review in edge magazine which i read religiously back then it was an eight out of ten which was uh, you know tended to be uh, a strong recommendation from uh, from edge um it was a game that otherwise you know i wasn't wildly aware of as i recall um but I was already massively into rhythm games from, you know, from Parappa onwards through Space Channel 5 and other things like that, Buster Groove. Um, And so I just had to have it. And uh, yeah, I got pretty hooked on it. I played it a lot um, and got quite good at it. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about the we'll talk about amplitudes uh, separately. Well, I will, because it's a it's a it's a separate story. so the track listing for the first game frequency is is very much uh, electronica focused. Now, as we said, um, the musical director was uh, Casson Crooker, um, who uh, actually made a lot of the songs for the games game under uh, under pseudonyms such as DJ HMX subtle you wouldn't have known but also things like uh computer controller but then on on the by the same token uh you've also got uh people like low fidelity all stars paul oakenfold uh jungle brothers roni size and etc etc on that first um set of tracks uh, i'm not sure exactly how many tracks between 20 and 30 i think uh i'm counting with my eyes um and 
Yeah, the the thing is, like, I like some electronica, um, and I certainly like it within the context of video games. Um, you know, if it's good, as in if I like it. Um, but it isn't a genre that I tend to, you know, I don't have a massive collection of of, of electronica. Certainly not beyond some of the pioneers of the the seventies and eighties, anyway. But within the context of this game, um, it, it seemed to fit very well, and the aesthetic. Um, the aesthetic is a huge part of that. So I think um, because this is probably one that people will listen to who haven't necessarily played the game or aren't overly familiar with it, we should try to sort of describe um, both uh, what it looks like and how it plays. Um, I mean, aesthetic's a difficult one with frequency. I think amplitude's actually an easier one in this regard. Um, But like, if you're basically... um, there are there are much like um, Rock Band or, or Guitar Hero. There are lanes that you travel across with notes that you need to play, but it's much more abstract than uh, those games. Because in it those games, it, it, it's very much um, you get the sense that you're following like a, a guitar along its uh, you know. Uh, but um, in this game, it's it's much more trippy and and. Uh, sci-fi and and what have you and and also you're not just sticking to one lane there are several lanes of several different tracks of music uh that you need to be aware of uh so unlike um unlike rock band and guitar hero where you're playing essentially one part of uh the song in these games uh you're playing every part of the song and you're kind of constructing the music as you go along so um your the the game will uh in kind of push you towards playing a certain uh part of the music and then once you've done that it will carry on playing without you and then you'll move on to the next track and kind of build a build on top of um what you've done and the idea is that you have to keep swapping between them in order to make sure that this uh this uh you know this song that you're constructing keeps going and and keeps going yeah. smoothly um yeah, so uh, already that sounds way more complex than. No, I think uh, you've done a you've done a great job. Um, um, th- things that are crucial are so you're uh, you're effectively tabbing left and right around a cylinder in, yeah. in frequency. Yeah. This yeah. changes in amplitude, but right now we're going to focus on frequency. And each yeah each lane um, will have a vocal sample or bass sample or drum sample or whatever and then once you're in that lane once you're tabbed to that lane it's in the bottom middle of the screen obviously and then by default you're using the l1 r1 and Mm. r2 buttons uh, across the the three so you've only got rather than the five uh, frets of a of a guitar hero guitar you've got three uh, input points and you have to press them as the note comes through as close on the on the beat as possible and it's it's pretty tight on that in in frequency um uh and you have to stop your energy bar running out basically so yeah. failing sections and not keeping track of uh of, of sequences around to uh, your left and right or even above you um will see your energy dip and uh the the difficulty curve in frequency is is relatively steep there are <laughs> some songs that you'll come across fairly early on which uh will fail you out with with without too much uh sort of um ceremony um the one of the things i remember uh about first trying to play frequency was that my initial response to the button layout was well that's illogical so i'm going to change it 
Yeah. So L1, R1, and R2, as I as I, as I first thought, it reminded me of the thing where you try to play uh, Street Fighter on a four-button fascia pad, where like on a SNES pad, where you at, where you put you know one of the kicks or punches on a shoulder button and so i thought well surely this game's going to be much easier if i just change the input to square cross and circle or square triangle and circle so it matches the logic and interestingly i've watched some people playing the uh, forthcoming amplitude hd uh, it's just called amplitude but it's to be released this year in 2015 and you can see that some people have already um when they're when they're playing this at demo shows or whatever they've already changed the controls to exactly that what feels like the most logical layout and indeed with the DualShock 4 there seems to be some even more reason to do that because the whereas the trigger on the DualShock 2 was uh easily depressed the the obviously the modern controller has more of a uh travel on the on the button but apparently it still it still feels great to play that way but i what i don't know about you two but what i found is that as soon as i got a few levels in playing with the apparently logical setup was a non-starter and in the end i retrained my brain to use the three uh the three shoulder buttons and i found the game infinitely more enjoyable once i'd done that in the same way as very much the same feeling as learning to play with first four and then five fret buttons on Guitar Hero. Yeah, I, it, your your thumb alone just simply isn't quick enough for some of the harder uh, harder songs. You need to have a finger dedicated or some kind of digit dedicated <laughs> to every note um, that comes towards you. Um, you have to be able to be that fast. Um, I think you can get away with it more in Amplitude, which I'm sure we'll get onto with right. some of the earlier stuff and especially on easy mode. But frequency doesn't like it. It pretty it ramps up the difficulty very very quickly, and it ba- it basically forces you to learn how to use the uh, the default control scheme. Um, yeah, I think I I think I think everyone kind of has the experience you were mentioning, um, and and I think when you're because um, I I experienced this game when I was younger, and I think. Um, I think you know when you're younger, you're just a bit more patient when it comes to this kind of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, much more willing to put in the time to kind of learn new systems and stuff. So the the awkward control scheme, uh, awkward control scheme, um, I kind of got used to it pretty quickly, and then those skills kind of transferred into uh, later entries. But um, yeah, I, I, it's absolutely essential to learn that um, default control scheme to make any kind of headway in frequency especially i was gonna say i I tried to use the shoulder buttons um it it was a bit hit and miss uh i remember my dad starting to play bloodborne uh recently and i was just describing the buttons and you know you use your shoulder buttons for the for the main combat and he was like that is stupid why would you (laughs) use that instead of the fish buttons and then you know you realize it and you like josh said it's it's that finger per button yeah. response yeah. that you that, that sort of starts to pay off once you get used to it uh but what i did find interesting is watching videos of the 2015 amplitude game is that alex rigopoulos himself plays with a, with a square triangle and circle oh really um, and okay he, he lays it sort of um he holds controller at an almost 45 degree angle to his yep. thigh with uh, using his his pointer his middle and and, and obviously yeah. his right ring finger yeah uh, equivalents uh, on individual buttons um, I, tr- I tried that, and that that's sort of the best response I got with frequency oh, myself. Right. Okay. Um, I really, 
I, I don't know. I really struggled to get on with the shoulder buttons. Every so often it would work quite well, and then other days I would have a disaster. So I sort sure. of trained myself with that, you know, being able to. Uh, the, it, it was logical that the buttons were laid out in uh, for me in the angle that they were coming towards you on the screen. Yeah, well, um, that's, that's how so, I felt initially, but, yeah. Anyway, it was just a, a case of, rather than using my thumb, turning the controller and, and using individual fingers, uh, yeah. I got a much better response. So it was actually the third control method I tried. Obviously, the first thing I did is, well, you know, square, triangle, and circle makes far more sense. So I tried that with a thumb, and I thought, this is really difficult. Yeah. Um, went to the yeah. shoulder buttons. That was a little bit better, but I was, again, struggling when I've got, Essentially, L one L one L one L two on top of each other. That's it. It, it Th- feels that, that brain confusion. Yeah, yeah. Middle and right are uh, you know index finger and middle finger on right hand, and, and yeah. It, yeah, it takes a while. But as I say, for me, the, the, the although it's different, the feeling. Uh, when I, I remember first playing Guitar Hero, which is obviously a direct uh, successor yes. to Amplitude, um, when I first tried to use more than three fret buttons, I was like well this is impossible but but <laughs> yeah. by the time i was getting you know expert scores on rock band later entries in the rock band series with using all five frets uh that to me was when the real the endorphins really kick in so um so i'm glad i persisted and went and went back to it um but there was something making me do that and i can certainly see that there is uh there is a way of playing it obviously but the fact that one of the key developers uh, plays it in that way is 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 testament to that and the fact that in an interview talking about the forthcoming uh, amplitude remake uh, they said you know we are absolutely including um the option to reconfigure uh reconfigure buttons because uh it's only fair and right and proper because some people but just may either not want or never get not want to or never get their heads around the the, the default setup yeah and i think that's obviously that that's a key point when you're recreating a sort of cult classic, which this is the very epitome of a cult classic for me, um, mm, because mm. aside from Edge, which again I was reading quite a lot at that time, and, and they were behind it, not it didn't get a lot of media coverage in magazines, and it became word of mouth. And university was the perfect time for me because obviously I did a games design course, and people were talking about all sorts and uh, frequency and, and more so amplitude. Given that the time that I went to uni, were talked around you know quite positively um and i think a lot of those people that were playing that will be very relieved that they're, they're keeping the, the core control mechanics in the in the new release yeah um now to describe the uh the dif- difference in difficulty it's slightly different to the its successors in that um whereas uh, i've just talked about it in in the guitar hero games and beyond um difficulty beyond normal was measured by adding extra uh, frets as well as the frequency of notes but in this you always had the three uh, buttons and the three pressing points or whatever you want to call them win- input windows um, horizontally laid out so difficulty settings were as I recall and I should say to uh, regular listeners none of us th- this is this is a show that we're doing mainly from research and memory um, which we have strong memories but uh, none of us have been able unfortunately to to return to frequency and amplitude I, I eBayed my copies some time ago um, and well we've we've already discussed so so apologies for that but um, but believe me I kind of rinsed it back in the day I think it's also key that from my perspective uh university was a great time for me to be playing this game i was quite largely into that scene uh, with paul oakenfold and bt and even yeah. i was a big no doubt fan so 
Um, memories then are probably better than reliving it now. And it's not that the game is any better or worse. It's just that at that point in my life, that's probably the best time I could have ever played this game. Mm. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so the difficulty was more about um, the pace at which everything was coming towards you really, yeah. uh, and the frequency of, of inputs that you needed to do. Um, but again, as with as with Harmonix's later games, I think that um, playing on easy quickly became... Once you got to grips with the game, playing on easy quickly became quite boring. Um, to anyone who I, I think it's exactly like Guitar Hero and Rock Band in the, in a in a party situation and with people who don't regularly play games or know the controller layout or whatever playing on easy is fun and you'll get you'll get a kick out of it just going through the the you know the Tron like abstract visuals and the and the wibbly wobbly uh, lanes and and all the you know just all the sound kicking out obviously goes without saying this is a game that if you can put through an amp and uh, some decent speakers do because it adds immeasurably um, compared to playing it through tinny um, you know built in TV speakers and I think easy will provide uh, provide some enjoyment for a little while but playing it on normal and then ultimately moving up to expert is where the you know where you get into the zone where it becomes purely about the the full on um, experience the muscle memory the the sort of becoming at one with the rhythms coming towards you and that's my those are my strongest memories are uh, absolutely buzzing through these tracks like tabbing at lightning speed between the uh, is it an octagon I can't remember is it is it a hexagon the, uh, uh, the actual it's a hexagon yeah uh, um, so tabbing between the various instruments and and practicing the songs over and over again to know to uh, how to maximize your score because ultimately um this is a this is a great you know score attack game um it has multipliers and it has ways of optimizing your score yeah i mean it's it's kind of a strange one because uh for those who haven't played it you know we reference the likes of guitar hero which is logical <laughs> given that that's where the, the the franchise essentially went yeah but it's almost like a like a, a rhythmic shooter Yes. Um, in that it reminds me immensely of Dithura's Tempest, where, where you're whipping left and right and you hit that focus and, you, and yep. you're moving around, but you're trying to um, hit these points exactly like you would in, in your standard you know, rhythm action game now, I guess, <laughs> for you know, Guitar Hero and whatnot. But with, yeah. with the movement around you, sort of really end up getting dialed in. Um, you know, we, we've mentioned that we've played shooters before, and, and those who play shmups, they... You know, they'll reference that they hit a rhythm um, where, where everything comes in and you sort of you hit, you know, quote unquote, the zone um, and everything goes to a pattern. That that was frequency um, at, at its very best when you hit it and you're moving lane to lane and, you, and you're creating your own remixes and whatnot of songs because <laughs> sometimes it sounds great and other times, you know, it didn't sound so, no. so clever when you mix yeah. across the lanes. Yeah. I mean, I was I was actually going to say that um, frequency more than anything uh, harmonics has made since it really reminds me of Res. Now, Res isn't a, yeah. um, a rhythm action game; it's more of a traditional kind of um, shooter. Um, in in that you don't really have to do things to a rhythm or anything like that, but it does enhance. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the enhance. sound is quantized, so it sounds like everything's uh, part of the the soundtrack basically yeah. but th- this game kind of captures that same feeling of you know synesthesia and and kind of the melding of colors and sound and and all of that and feeling 
really one with the music in a way that, um, for me, this is purely a subjective thing. Um, the Guitar Hero games and the Rock Band games have kind of failed to do. And it's simply because um, by putting an instrument in my hand, I feel like I'm playing a character, like playing a role in a band. And I... And I completely understand that's part of the appeal and and why those games um are held in in such high regard but for me the experience of kind of having that transcendent experience of like not just playing the music as part of a band but actually becoming one with the music in this (laughs) weird kind of spiritual way um was more appealing and um yeah frequency kind of really captured that for me um especially on the harder difficulties where all other things around you just kind of fade out and it just becomes you and the notes on the screen and and um and the muscle memory that you have in your hands and you start to lose the sense that you're even actually holding a controller it's just (laughs) like you know it's your brain going straight into the screen at points um yeah it's it's one of those things that when it happens in games um it's really special and frequency captures that perfectly there's uh one of the the sort of the moments that i remember giving me the biggest buzz is when um if you uh if you complete all the tracks in a section um by uh repeatedly getting uh each um the measure of each uh track as it were um you would unlock a, a freestyle area um so uh there, again there are similar things in in the games that came after this um this would uh, this would add um this would give you the chance basically to either um use an arpeggiator to to muck around with the sound of of the track that was already playing which would at this stage would be the complete track would be playing in in harmony because you'd set it all up or if it was more of a, a you know an, an electronic or hip-hop uh, track you would get a scratch pad so you could actually um I think was it with the analog stick? You, you know, fling the analog stick around to do scratching. I can't quite yeah. remember actually. Yeah, yeah. you'd use left and right actions, um, somewhat akin to the actual slider key in like the DJ Hero games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously these were a you know massive influence on. Um, without without frequency and amplitude, no Guitar Hero, and yeah. certainly no DJ Hero. Um, and, and if anything, DJ Hero, although they were uh, developed by uh, Freestyle rather than Harmonix, they were more of a kin to this than the than the the you know the instrument based games absolutely uh even though you had you know obviously you had a deck um now i can't remember i must admit i can't remember all the different power-ups but i remember the uh the feeling the intense feeling of um knowing that uh nailing a particular sequence of glowing icons would nail would net you a useful power-up the one i remember uh, enjoying uh, capturing the most was is the auto capture because yeah. that would mean that you could then because the, you know some segments some sequences because of the nature of the music the nature of the song just as with the people the games that people will be more familiar with some songs have a really simple bass line and a really complex guitar line, line or, or vice versa and these games were mapped out to the controller in a similar fashion so that if you could get an auto capture and you knew that there was a a particularly sticky uh baseline coming up that you know required precision super fast precision timing and it was a, a sequence that required you know pinpoint accurate repetition over several phrases um an auto capture was like manna from heaven and you would save it 
you know, once you played the song a few times, you would save it until you got to that phrase. Um, what other, uh, I mean, there were, I think the multipliers were uh, uh, activated just by continually nailing things yeah. in a sequence, weren't they? So, yeah. so your score would go up exponentially up to the, up to a point when the, when you got up to the times, whatever that you could get up to. Auto capture is absolutely my favorite because I'm one of those people that when something gets a bit intense on screen, I hold my breath. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. as soon as I unleashed auto capture, that was my chance to, to sort of continue breathing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that was it's you definitely know, a that, hold your that breath was key game for me. At points, yeah, absolutely. Josh, um, well, I, I think one of the the uh, the uh, the power ups that was uh, most entertaining for me were the multiplayer kind of exclusive ones, uh, oh, okay. where you could knock opponents off of their. Uh, off of their track and and stuff like that, and really interfere with uh, player two's ability to um, uh, get a high score and stuff like that. Which because the the rock band games, the multiplayer in those is much more of a co cooperative experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas with these two games, it really was a competitive experience where you were mm. trying to get a better score and and. Uh, and these these kind of power ups that were all designed around kind of interfering with that and trying to mess with the player uh, made it feel like you know the multiplayer was more interconnected, more because um, they could have just done the we're just you know sco- you know competing in terms of score, uh, just trying to see you know trying to see who gets the better score, but having that kind of like oh I'm just gonna use this power up and mess up all that progress that you were making um it it was really fun in a party situation i imagine online if this became an online game and you had those kind of power ups so that knocked people off of tracks i think it would cause a huge amount of frustration but in like you know kind of like a local multiplayer setting that was that was really fun and 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 created some hilarious moments of people having the the power up and just sitting on it for a while just to tease the other player i could use this at any time and then using it like when when the other player was on a particularly hard track that they were really zoned in on and then just ruining it for them um all of that stuff was really funny yeah it's interesting you should talk so much uh, so fondly about the multiplayer because for me it was a complete non-starter because i had nobody really? who could or would play this game with me so yeah. for me this was as an in, uh, in an intense solo experience uh, uh, you know as was uh the early as were the early guitar hero games and and i loved them for that um did some past the controller and stuff but but yeah frequency my my main multiplayer local multiplayer friends uh just were not you know good at rhythm action they weren't that into it um and so and i didn't you know the last thing you want to do to somebody who is struggling with a new game is to repeatedly batter them down with horrible power-ups because they will put them off fast as anything so you know in an ideal world i could have you know sent sent people off with a copy of their own and said you know you learn how to play this and then we'll play it but um yeah so I, in my head it was always an unsuccessful multiplayer but that's probably completely unfair because it sounds like uh, you guys had an enormous amount of fun with I, it. I i think it's entirely uh, a product of the age i was and and the age carl was i think university and high school age is kind of perfect for this kind of multiplayer because 
you, you you know you're not an adult so you have loads of free time and <laughs> and you know the ability to go around other people's houses or go to other people's dorms and and what have you and and kind of really master these games and and spend a lot of time and the fact that only one person has a copy is not such a huge deal uh, yeah. because you you've got that time to spend with it and and so forth but as an adult like I can't imagine having the that experience now I just I don't have the free time and I'm not and I'm not going around friends houses with the regularity that I I did when I was a teenager so mm, I think it really was like you know th- this moment in time that I I'm not ever going to be able to recapture but nonetheless colored my experience of a game uh, in a really positive light like with smash brothers yeah much like that yeah mm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's where, if it was now, it would be multiplayer. And as Josh said, that the, the sort of the magic is a little bit lost um, because there's, there's always it's always a little bit more personal when someone's in the same room as you and you're having a laugh. And I don't think this is probably the same situation for Josh, but when you've got a few drinks uh, in you and you're having <laughs> you know you're having a laugh and you've got obviously you're taking your break from your lectures or straight up skipping some lectures not that I would ever condone such that's a thing two, that's um, two podcasts in a row Carl you've been uh, you've bunked <laughs> off to play games yeah I was a, I was a good student honest um, <laughs> and there, there, there was that laugh and of course you've got the moments where you would unleash the multiplier on you and because this was on the PS2 they would just return by pulling your controller out and you'd get no, <laughs> yeah. you'd get no advantage whatsoever um, it, it, it's just these great memories and Josh is absolutely spot on it's that moment in time captured perfectly for multiplayer I wouldn't want to experience it now it's not a case of oh do you want to hook up on Friday night we're going to get everyone around to go and play a game of frequency um, it was spur of the moment play that you that was made possible by the amount of free time yeah, whereas for me this was uh, an intense yeah. uh, solo experience um, in the way that many, you know, uh, rhythm action and, and um, high score chasing games are. And I suppose um, probably back then I was, uh, you know, wishing for uh, online leaderboards, which funnily enough this game did actually have online features, but um, but I never got my PS2 online. Obviously online connectivity with PS2 was difficult and limited and more of a thing in America anyway. I'm not even sure if the power release of Frequency had the online functionality, if I'm honest. But in America um, you could actually play multiplayer, you could uh, download um, other people's songs that they created in the remix mode um uh, and uh various things like that so i mean in 2001 uh, on the ps2 i know you know 2001 was the year of the original xbox launch as well but that's ahead of xbox live even isn't it so um they were they were they were ahead of the game in that regard and um it will be very nice for me because you know i i adored the all their games after this i've played them all you know to pieces but um, by the time Rock Band Blitz came out, which to all intents and purposes offers um, a similar experience to Amplitude, but with very, very direct on screen, you know, beat this high score stuff. Here's your friends list. Here's what your friends scored. Do this. By that point, I was already so um, into playing the Rock Band games with instruments that I didn't want to go back and play Rock Band as an Amplitude game with a controller. So. Uh, I probably missed out there in some ways, but I mean that you know that game exists. Rock Band Blitz is there, and that does offer 
yeah, quite quite a similar experience to certainly Amplitude, but with uh, with all the online bells and whistles yeah. and HD graphics and all that. Um, but it, obviously, it does have a very different aesthetic. It, you know, it's more about the band and and their crazy outfits and all that. Whereas Frequency is you know, it's extremely abstract and and stark. And, and listening to um, the uh, interviews with the developers from the time, um, they're very critical of themselves. They're very harsh on themselves that they feel they made the first game almost impenetrable to uh, a, you know a mainstream audience. They were trying to make a game that people wanted to play to get to have the fun of the feeling of making music. Which, as I'm sure we all agree, many listeners would agree that you can get a real kick from playing these you know video music games and and get a real buzz from it but they made a game that looked so abstract and and um it was so hard to explain even you know like the screenshots on the back of the box just you'd never seen anything quite like it so you couldn't say well that's obviously what you're doing there and the game statically if you just take if you don't have the the lanes rolling towards you and the icons coming towards you it just looks like a just a random mess of graphics so it's not surprising it was a hard sell yeah i was just gonna say it's an incredibly hard sell and it's like you know we've had software in the past and hardware even now you know you've got the virtual reality head you know the virtual reality headsets that are trying to be sold from all sides and how do you sell that without getting it in someone's hands and that's exactly what frequency was you get it in someone's hands and they understand it guitar hero could be sold on the fact that you got a guitar peripheral and you could imagine playing the guitar to a game but with this it was you know how how does pressing buttons convey to this and that um and it's it's why i flat out ignored it at release um i was a huge fan of music games you know i I liked making it but there were many were hit and miss i enjoyed playing dance Dance revolution in the arcade because it was a good laugh i loved playing step mania on the pc but i did not get on with the likes of res um and you, you know it was always a bit hit and miss and it was a gamble and if i'd never sort of played this on that night at a party i'd probably have just completely ignored it continually and the sequel yeah, as did many people. Uh, yeah, for understandable reasons. Um, yeah, and and I think you know we've I, as I, I expected, this was one of those podcasts that one of the reasons uh, Tony and I decided to do frequency and amplitude, apart from the fact that there were three of us who wanted to talk about their experiences yeah. with it, was also um, it kind of opens the gateway for us doing Guitar Hero doing it or, or a guitar hero game or some guitar hero games or doing dj hero doing rock band because without this without frequency and amplitude we're not starting at the beginning because this this is absolutely key to those and obviously you know those games had their few years in the sun before it all crashed and burned for you know various reasons i think um mainly activision but <laughs> not exclusively um and it's interesting now we're at a point where Amplitude's coming back this year, Rock Band's coming back this year, Guitar Hero's coming back this year, albeit very in, in, in what looks like it's going to be a very different form. But I like to think that even though people, you know, and the market as a whole got saturated and some people got fed up of playing these games yeah. or, or having them foist upon them, you know, every six months or whatever, because there were so many of these coming out, different versions of Rock Band and Guitar Hero on the on the big consoles, on the handhelds, etc., etc., that I think saturation is, is the obvious word to use. But the thing for me is I, I did keep hold of all my Rock Band instruments. I did, you know, okay, I, I did eBay my uh, frequency and amplitude, possibly a mistake, but I was always hoping for, like, exactly what we're getting an amplitude you know hd a downloadable 
a remake um, because I have never lost sight of the feeling, the buzz that I get from playing those games, especially on the higher settings, is as much pleasure as I ever get from video games, any genre, you know, as much as I love football games and I love shooters and, uh, you know, I love most genres, people, regular listeners will know I I play most things, but music games in the zone at that point when it's a track that you love and you're nailing it and you're hitting every beat and your mu- your uh, muscle memory's kicking in i don't think there's a there's a video game experience that in my entire life has given me more of a buzz than playing a playing a music game and harmonics i think you know as much as i've enjoyed uh many other entries from other people into this genre from parappa and rhythm tengoku uh, and and uh, Sega's uh, attempts as well, even Cool Cool Tune by SNK on the Dreamcast. Uh, I don't think anyone's quite nailed that feeling for me as well as harmonics. For whatever reason, I get the biggest feedback and the biggest endorphin rushes from their games, and that all started with Frequency. Right, we've got uh, uh, yeah. I mean, this this is this is pertinent to this. Uh, this game did not sell many copies, and it was quite a long time ago. And I was not expecting a huge amount of correspondence for this particular podcast, uh, but we've had some, and that's great. Um, and uh, one particularly relating to uh, frequency. The first game came into our forum, canerince.com/forum, from uh, a new poster, Deacon O Five. No. Deacon 05OC, mysterious code numbers, uh, but let's call him Deacon, who says, My first exposure to the music game genre was Parappa the Rapper, but I did not own a PS1, so I never actually played it. I watched friends play it, but I did not. Once I got a PS2, I fell in love with the demo of the game Res by Sega. Res was released with limited quantities, and because of that, prices were higher on it, especially when trying to find it used. So, one day I was in the game store and was looking for any sort of game that gave me something similar to Res. In the used game section for PS2, I saw Frequency. I looked at the back of the box and said to myself, well, close enough. Plus, it was cheap, too. I popped this in my PS2 and 20 minutes became an hour. An hour became two. Hours became days and weeks. I was hooked. I knew none of the songs or artists, but the gameplay grabbed me. Usually I play a game on normal difficulty and don't go any further. If this was an action game, I would do the same, but not this. I felt that I actually mastered the lower levels and felt I owed it to myself to go higher. I failed terribly, but it was worth it. The sounds, the lights, the effects, all of those a perfect blend. Yeah, I I, I totally uh, have that same, uh, had that same experience, like, I got through the game on normal and loved it and that wasn't enough. It, I, I had to go the extra step and, you know, I'm so glad I did. And I think that prepared me for doing the same with, with the guitar hero and rock band games. And, I, and I've got so much out of doing that. Um, it's, it's one of those genres where once you go beyond normal difficulty, it's very hard to go back. It's a bit like uh, halo in that regard. Once you've played heroic and legendary normal feels a little bit kind of like you're playing a really diluted, um, version um, but yeah even more so I'd say in in, uh, in harmonics games because the the yeah the joy really kicks in I think when you're when you when it's a challenge as well and when you are like Carl says when you're holding your breath when you may be sweating a little bit <laughs> when all that sort of stuff is going on and I, I, one thing that I really enjoyed is that they kept the three button input um, I know you've mentioned that Guitar Hero goes to 4 and 5, and I could get away with 4, and I think 5 never quite felt right um, with me. 
and it takes then, a lot of practice. Yeah, that way. but then you look at something like DJ Hero, which maintained the three-button input, and then you've got the new Rock Band coming this way, which has six inputs, but it's essentially three up, three down. Um, so you're maintaining the same three on the on the fret. Nice. Um, it, it's like for me, they got it right straight out of the gates with frequency, yeah. and it wandered a little bit with Guitar Hero, um, and I've had much more success and joy and enjoyment at the higher levels uh, when it focuses on the three inputs but a more difficult uh speed yeah mm. sure uh, with those and um, that's what i really liked about the difficulty in this i mean i i just to expand on what um uh, uh on what carl said I, I think the guitar hero games and the rock band games kind of needed to add more notes just because you're focused in on the one track uh, the you you know your guitar, whether it be the electric guitar or the bass guitar or what have you. Whereas yeah. with these games, because you're responsible for many different tracks, if they added any more notes or uh, you know, it would I think it would just quickly get away with uh, you know, it would confuse people and it would definitely have co- confused me at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just just using there's no way you could have five buttons across the face of a you know in a row across the face of a regular controller, whereas it made more sense on the fret of a guitar. But this is not the Guitar Hero show. Um, but obviously, it's relevant that we mention yeah. them from time to time for obvious reasons. So uh, a couple of years later, March two thousand and three in America, where harmonics were based, and uh, a few months later again in in PAL or in the EU, September two thousand and three came Amplitude. Um, and I think I recall there being slightly more fanfare for this because the game had, uh, because Frequency had, you know, done okay, not in, in sales, but in word of mouth. And I, I suppose there may have been more, um, you know, as as illustrated by the your experience, both of you, um, maybe more people played Frequency than bought it, you know, because like yeah. it was the kind of game that people shared with other people because they wanted to get across you know, how much fun they were having with it and how much fun it could be in multiplayer or just in a in a group scenario. Um, and I remember, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that there were more previews in magazines and things like that, which was still relevant back in, in 2003. Um, and the reviews were ever so slightly stronger, um, not by much, not even a whole percent, but but rather than the, the reviews being tempered by familiarity um the refinements seem to go some way to uh enhancing the critical reception um but the game actually sold fewer copies if anything <laughs> um uh according to our one and only resource for this sort of thing bg charts uh whereas frequency managed 0.19 million amplitude managed 0.18 million but again i wonder if more people uh played it than bought it and uh, obviously there's second-hand copies to think about. Pirate copies by this point on PS2 were pretty a pretty big deal. So um, this could explain why uh, Harmonics are confident enough to have um, launched the uh, crowdfunding. It, was crowd- it is crowdfunded, isn't yeah. it? Or at least partially the, 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 the forthcoming Amplitude, because uh, that's, that's the world we live in. So I, I suppose we've, yeah, we've heard both of your histories for this already, have we, really? For Amplitude, it was the same. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mine was slightly different in that amplitude simply wasn't played as much as frequency, strangely enough. Mm. Um, and uh, I ended up spending more time with this as a solitary experience many years later. So okay. uh, my experience with amplitude is actually much closer to yours, uh, Leon, right. than with uh, frequency in that this was mainly a solo experience. Yeah, again, you know, I loved Frequency. I'd, I'd certainly, I kept my copy until this was released and, and for many years beyond. And, and I bought this uh, as soon as it came out, absolutely without question. Um, I was slightly concerned about some of the changes they made and that never quite went away. Um, so for completely understandable reasons, they took the the never-ending twisting of the tunnel of Frequency and turned it into what is now the more familiar uh, multiple lane set up from left to right so you couldn't wrap around and for me that took something out of the game that was never replaced yeah um but i completely understood why they do it it made it it made it more understandable more logical they also made some aesthetic changes so whereas in the first game the 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 thing that you you effectively are playing which was just looked like three little blocks of something was you know just like a little Debris at the bottom of the screen amplitude uh gives you a big spaceship basically so yeah. so you'll you'll you know you'll be familiar if you've played uh things like audio surf it, it has more this idea yeah. of you're actually some sort of entity craft traveling through music somehow and it, it gives it I, I guess it gives people something to to latch on to but how did you both feel about these uh these sort of t- um visual and uh, mechanical changes um, I, I, I'm kind of with you in that I really didn't like these modifications. Um, I, I, I again, like I, I, I think I saw the same interview you did, uh, Leon, where they were talking about how frequency kind of felt so abstract that it was uh, impenetrable. Yeah, and I understand that, but at the same time, I feel. I feel like that abstract art style and and just you know the the kind of curved into you know the hexagon uh, wet, uh track interface and 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 all of that stuff really helped me to kind of experience that synesthesia and uh kind of you know have my brain di- you know directly link with the music whereas the moment they gave it context okay you're a spaceship shooting these blocks and what have you um it it gave me some distance from that and i wasn't mm. able to go into the zone the same way i was with frequency uh and ultimately like i i had a much less um enjoyable experience of this game now i should mention that i because i didn't get to play amplitude uh in multiplayer uh the same way i did uh with frequency um i i, I think that does color my experience of the game um because i have such positive memories of all those multiplayer sessions with frequency and i just didn't have that experience of amplitude and i feel if i did i'd probably be more positive towards the game but as as it is i just i don't like the aesthetic decisions they made i don't like some of the des- uh, design decisions they made and I-, I might be skipping ahead here but i'm not so keen on the fact that they went for more popular music with mm. this this yeah. this game 
I because the uh, frequency went with more obscure kind of underground music. Um, it allowed that music to become the soundtrack of that game. Yeah. Whereas with Amplitude, it just it it kind of felt like a karaoke mix, and yeah. um, and that's a shame. And I don't think they're like I don't think it's a bad selection of music. I I, I enjoy quite a few tracks on this, but. There's something to be said about a game having an identity, even if it's having, you know, using licensed music. Like, I think um, Hotline Miami is a great example of that, in that the soundtrack is entirely licensed. It's not original music composed for that game. But they picked tracks that meshed so well with the aesthetic and were unknown enough that it allowed people to kind of see that music as... The music for that game whereas with this it's very much well that's a garbage track uh you know that's run dmc and and what have you and and blink 182 and and all of that and it's it really bothered yeah. me it's it's also it's not just that it's um people you know it's you know garbage and pink and whoever else slipknot maybe people you may or may not like of course uh, as with any um licensed soundtrack but also the fact that it leans much more on pop and rock rather than electronica um yeah. you know yeah. there, there's there's more hip hop as well um all of which uh I feel plays slightly against because or yes although they updated and refined or tweaked the aesthetic compared to frequency it still had this neon futuristic tron you know uh ab- semi abstract kind of thing going on and that didn't always mesh for me with some of the music choices. Whereas again, in the first game, you know, again, some of it was recognizable. Some of it was better known than others. Obviously some of it, as we've discussed was uh, composed by harmonics for, for their, for their game. And obviously, so therefore it is the soundtrack to that game. Um, I, having said that, you know, I think some of the works, I, I like that particular remix of uh, Everyone Says Hi by Bowie, and obviously it's got more freeze pop in it, which is, you know, kind of the, the related to harmonics, but, uh, um, and I, yeah, you know, Rocket by Herbie Hancock is a classic, um, but there are some, there's some stuff in there that personally, you know, I just would have you know absolutely not licensed for this game and, and and tracks that I would have preferred to never have to play, which obviously, again, is something that they... Um, they started uh, accommodating in in later in later games where you could pretty much you know never play tracks that you hated, which is uh, which is ideal. I think for this it became more of a focus that this was going to be a music game, um, and frequency. You know, whilst harmonics have always said they're about the music, it was more of an experience. You know, Josh keeps mentioning the synesthesia, and that is so key to the, my experience with frequency. The, you know, the claustrophobia of being enclosed in that. That's hexagonal uh, thing. It was a really intense experience that always reminded me a little bit of Tunnel B1 back on the PlayStation, um, where everything moves quickly and you, you know you nip, you're whipping around and amplitude is so much clearer. Everything's on that sort of the level field and the music is very much more commercial um, at, at, in terms of charts, which is weird because I actually probably knew more of the music or the artists in frequency, um, but that again lent itself to that that synesthesia feel um you know the the real the banging of the bass and if you're playing it through your sub and 
Um, it all sort of meshed together as as a real experience for me. I, I could separate that completely when I was playing Amplitude, and it became about hitting those notes and really perfecting the music. Against like Guitar Hero, I, I was able to distance myself from the ex- the experience of everything and and just focus on the music. Um, it, it so that there's both pros and cons. You know, it was a lot clearer, a lot easier to understand what was going on in Amplitude. A lot was lost from the overall experience that I had with Frequency. Probably the first ever mention for Tunnel B1 on Kana Rinse after 182 <laughs> uh, podcasts, and um, the possibly the most ubiquitous second-hand shop game in the history of the of the medium. Um, <laughs> it's I'm, up there, isn't it? I'm going to take your Tunnel B1 and raise you uh, a stun runner, though, for another reference that um, oh, yes. certain people will. <laughs> So people will get the the Atari uh, Solid Polygon uh, coin up um, and its many completely appalling ports <laughs> to home systems. Uh, but yeah, anything where you go into a tunnel, um, we'll see if yeah. we can name check um, before the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's weird because I feel like we're all being more negative about amplitude, um, whereas my impression has always been that Again, this is perceptions, but my my impression has always been that people preferred it overall, by and large, and maybe maybe that is to do with the the more to most people recognisable and popular soundtrack, or yeah. the those you know those elements of accessibility that we've we talked about. And I think one of the key things is the difficulty curve is much more yeah. shallow in amplitude. Uh, it's much easier to progress, whereas in frequency you could just hit spikes and get failed out, and that could be a bit, um, you know. I think that music genre at home was becoming less alien as well. You know, obviously by this point True. we'd had Parappa the Rapper, but that game didn't play that well. It was incredibly charming, and it had its visuals and its catchy, quirky music. It was harsh, but, but as an experience, it you know flat out for me did not play a great game. Um, Amplitude's the opposite in that it lost a lot of its charm from frequency, but it was more polished in terms of hitting those notes cleanly oh, yeah, and, and playing through. No, no question. Yeah, yeah like, I, I mean, I think for me it's a case of like frequency was the better experience, but if if we're talking just in terms of kind of which is the better constructed product, uh, I think amplitude definitely um and and not just that you know hitting those notes cleanly and what have you having a a decent difficulty curve is you know it's a huge impact on whether uh, a game is received well by um by audiences and what have you i think like if if i had played it the other way around if i played amplitude first and then frequency i might you know come to this podcast with a different opinion and and i definitely think the age i played frequency has a huge factor in my uh, opinion of it in that i was just way more tolerant of uh, difficulty spikes and what have you at you know age 13 14 than i was that i am now at at 24 um but you know that all said you know it well, might be I was a better 30 design when frequency came out and uh and <laughs> and i was okay with yeah. it. you know it, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I i suffered its spikes because of you know all the all the good elements that that we mentioned yeah, that I was, I was enjoying yeah. um that said you know uh some of the later stages on expert on frequency were I, as i recall were beyond me whereas 
amplitudes, extra crispness, and um, just just note patterns felt doable on expert. Um, and there was a there was a difficulty beyond that called insane, which I don't think I got very far with. But um, that you know, it was nice just to think that actually this game wasn't impossible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But but then that's kind of countered somewhat by the fact that I didn't necessarily enjoy so many of the tracks later in the game so i wasn't desperate to try and work back through to get to that stage so yes a mixed bag i'd say overall for me but uh we will we will summarize as ever of course uh we had an email specifically about amplitude which is always nice uh when we get an email to podcast at com, and this is from one lauren grieve who says i remember playing amplitude shortly after it came out a good friend of mine specifically brought it over for me to see because at the time I was hardcore into Dance Dance Revolution and Stepmania. Second mention for Stepmania on Kane and Rince in the history of the show. He figured a different rhythm game would be right up my street. Unfortunately, from my diet of J-pop and Eurobeat, I didn't appreciate the music and amplitude and didn't really play it much. Flash forward two years and I've transferred my obsessive game playing to Guitar Hero thanks to Red Octane, the maker of all my dance dance revolution pads being involved in its creation but then i remembered that the main company harmonics had made amplitude years before and i gave it a second try perhaps it was my matured appreciation for music but the game really clicked with me this time i played it incessantly until unlocking everything there was to offer and beating most of the songs on the hardest level it's thanks to this game that I looked into Freeze Pop and Symbion Project. I was really interested that Casson Crooker, one of Harmonix's project directors, was in both bands and directly responsible for most of my favourite tracks. I really enjoyed the gameplay of Amplitude, especially how the songs would change pretty substantially depending on what tracks you had cleared and when. Even failing in the game was fun, since sometimes you could make pretty great modified versions of the bass song. I didn't play the multiplayer much, but I remember not being blown away by it. I did also eventually pick up Frequency since it's the predecessor to Amplitude, but I didn't enjoy that game anywhere near the same level as Amplitude. I think it has something to do with the way the tracks were visually represented, or perhaps the songs just didn't strike me. I was very excited to see Harmonix put out the Kickstarter for Amplitude 2, and was one of the very first backers. The songs they've already announced for it are leaning more towards video game music, and I couldn't be happier. Yes, the more we've uh, talked on this podcast, the more excited I am now for the uh, for the release <laughs> of Amplitude later this uh, this year. I'm quite feeling quite stoked. I was going to say amped, but then I'd have had to fire myself. So um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some other games that are relevant. I think we've already mentioned a lot of them, and um, and we won't go further. And as I say, I think one day someday when we can when we want to when the time is right podcasts for uh, some of these games are inevitable some of them perhaps less so such as phase so this was an ipod game for uh, I, uh, for ipod nano classic and uh, this was actually by harmonics by casson crooker and chris foster um, again i didn't even know this existed until doing research for this podcast which is one of the reasons i enjoy uh, uh, doing this and this was uh, basically a frequency slash amplitude game played on the iPod click wheel yeah imagine that did anyone ever play any games on their iPod click wheel I've never had an iPod with a click wheel so. uh, just the little shooting one I always remember there was a little shooting one where you'd, you'd 
do the dial and then fire a shot. That was literally the only game I ever played on that iPod. You could have been playing Phase by Harmonics if only you'd known. I've missed, I think I've missed out. You probably have. Um, yeah, so that was that bizarre. But um, uh, after Amplitude, Harmonics teamed up with Konami to create the Karaoke Revolution franchise. Again, I was quite unaware of this. Um, obviously, Konami were already famous, especially in Japan, for their Beat Mania and Guitar Freaks and all that DDR. Um, the Karaoke Revolution titles, um, Harmonics developed, and there were three uh, volumes of those between 2003 and 2004. Um, after that came a game which I suspect will probably never get its own um, cane and rinse, sadly. And it's not even a rhythm action game, but I just wanted to use this excuse to lever it in because it was a game I wanted to play. I had an iToy. I got an iToy with iToy Play 2. I was generally more positive about iToy than I was about Kinect because it was new and they weren't trying to make out that it was the second coming or, or some, some revolution in gaming. It was it was a bit of fun. Um, iToy Play could be wheeled out and Sega Superstars at a party, uh, you know, a local multiplayer party, and you could be silly and muck around and that was the end of it. iToy Antigrav was Harmonix's uh, iToy game and... Um, I was always interested in this. Again, I think Edge gave it a relatively positive review. And this was a game, imagine uh, Trick Style, uh, Criterion's Dreamcast uh, future hoverboard game. I can't believe you're making me think of Trick Style trick again. Style. Well, I was never that, a big fan. Uh, I think oh, that, okay. came up, that came up on another podcast. It was disappointing, I think. Not Criterion's finest hour. But this, iToy Antigrav was a similar concept but where you controlled your future hover skateboarding man with your body and i think by having read some reviews but sadly not having played it myself it actually worked motion control that actually worked with a camera um so i'm yeah i've always been interested by that but i never got around to getting it and um mm. perhaps i felt too silly to play it in some way i'd never even yeah, i'd never heard of it oh so really no that, that was really surprising i, I steered away from the eye toy yeah. i was always of who needs a camera to play a game and then years later bought a connect and thought see i was right you were right all along. um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so after that came Guitar Hero, um, made in tandem with Red Octane, who um, who were responsible for the peripheral side of things. Um, and as I say, uh, I'm sure we'll do Guitar Hero podcast at least the first couple of games. Um, Audio Surf we've already mentioned as well, which is something I've only ever dabbled with, but... Um, there's a sequel just very recently come out, I think, isn't there? Um, but Audio Surf has been around for yeah. a good long while now, since 2008. And um, also, as, as well as being available on, on PC, uh, you could play it on, on your Zune um, uh, and, and uh, play it with motion controls. But this is a game where, rather like Vibribbon, uh, you can... Um, feed in your own tracks, only this time via files rather than CDs. Um, and... Uh, play them to your heart's content now i know a lot of people got really really hooked on this and visually and conceptually it is incredibly similar to amplitude um it's another it's another game that you know certainly could be uh given its own podcast i think at some stage um i don't know if either of you have any audio surf experience yeah i'm i've played a a lot of the first one um i i have to say i'm not terribly fond of it um Mm -hmm. which is uh, I know that's not the majority opinion. A lot of people love this game. Um, but I, it's not really a, a rhythm action game. It's kind sure. of more of a... 
I don't. I think it's more kind of in the same realm as something like Res, where it, yeah. music is a big part of it, but it's not not really central to the gameplay. Um, but I, I mean, it was it was cool to have you know custom soundtracks and have that you know that stuff influence the look and feel of the uh, you know the track and everything like that. But mm. um, uh, I, I I felt like the music was a bit disconnected from what I was doing, even more so than something like Res, which sure. kind of put me off in the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, even despite its lack of actual rhythm action, I'd say it was still I'd say Amplitude in particular is still a, a, a key influence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was looking forward to Audio Surf, and I was super super excited for it. I picked it up, and it was really cool loading your own tracks in, but then. When you use your own tracks, it loses that bit of polish from a developer who spends all the time building stuff around that track, yeah. and it, you know, it had that disconnection for me where it was like, "This is pretty cool," but and then you know you you go and play something else, uh, a Guitar Hero or, or whatever. I also think there's an issue with games that allow you to. It's funny we were talk, when we talked about Vibribbon. I can't even remember if it was on a podcast or in some other context, but we talked about the fact that the the tracks. Um, tended to either that your the, the game created based on CDs tended to either yeah. be stupidly easy or impossible with nothing in between. Um, I suspect Audio Surf manages things better than that. But um, one thing that I had always wanted from Vib Ribbon was the ability to save high scores for different tracks, and of course that would have only been local. Whereas I think Audio Surf does let you save high scores for any song and compare them online. Is that right? I believe that's correct, yeah. But of course, in a way, that makes it too big because yeah. you could, yeah. because there's no, you know, unless you agree with people that you're going to play these songs or you play very, very popular songs, you're only going to have like two or three entries per per song or whatever. So, yeah, it's something similar to Step Mania, which is quite right. local, but has a phenomenally large library of songs to of the course. point that, you know, if you want to compare them to the Friends, it's okay, that's the track. Which remix is it? You know, who's the DJ on it? What's the version? What's the beat per minute? <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. And it's just like, well, it's a, yeah. it's a bit easier when it's all just there for you. Yeah, uh, as it is in something like Rock Band, but it's albeit with a library of several thousand songs, I think, yeah. um, because of, you know, all DLC, DLC was compatible. But I think um, the game I really wanted to mention, because it's essentially a true successor to Amplitude and a predecessor to Rock Band Blitz, was Rock Band Unplugged for the PSP, a game which I never played, but I've uh, I've seen it, and I always thought, I remember thinking when it came out, this is the true successor to Amplitude, because it does uh you know it goes back to the to the thing of having all the instruments um playing or sorry all the tracks throwing notes towards you simultaneously and you tabbing between the various tracks and um and sort of winning sequences uh, uh phrases for your for your game and 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 the skill is about not letting any of the instruments fail out so it becomes it, it's quite, i think i think it's quite clever i mean it was i think it was greeted relatively positively although i doubt it sold billions of copies but i think it it cleverly took the rock band experience back from the you know the social party thing that it was for a lot of people with with multiple instruments and turned it back into a um into a stripped down solo high score game and i think in a way that's that's about as perfect an illustration of the the sort of solidity of the core idea behind frequency and amplitude as anything like the simple act of pressing buttons in time to music um, in in this particular way that where where they flow towards you down a track, um, 
although as i say i know that um guitar uh, freaks in japan kind of had a similar thing going on possibly even before frequency but uh they didn't i think it was frequency was the first game that did it with the you know the pseudo into the screen 3d thing to my knowledge i could be wrong a game that picked up with that and a game again i suspect there'll be a uh, someday there'll be a dj hero one and two podcast um we've got lots of uh, people who have that lots of fans and um yeah again in some ways as natural a successor to to these harmonics games as as you could think of i mean dj hero in particular is the one that that really makes me you know hark back to my experience with amplitude yeah yeah. uh more more than guitar hero for the reasons i mentioned the the three button input the scratchings in there and um the, the smoothness of play Yes, a uh, nice couple of packages. You know, they came, they went. They, I'm not sure how they sold. They were certainly they were selling them off cheap for a long time afterwards. And whether that franchise will ever return, I guess it might depend on how uh, how this year's music games do. But um, but they still exist. You can still play them. You can get them cheap. So they're out there. One that I'm really interested in that hasn't happened yet. And again, this is uh, from within harmonics effectively uh brian gibson who works on amplitude guitar hero and rock band and uh mark flurry 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 um worked on uh, was lead programmer on beatles rock bands which is one of my all-time favorite games yeah, uh dance central and dance central 2 which obviously the connect dance games they are uh, they formed a team called drool and they're making a game called thumper which i think looks stunning um yes. now we don't yeah. do previews on cane and rinse we do reviews all I'm going to say is this game is clearly a successor. Um, it's It's got elements of things like Res and Audio Surf as well. It's a rhythm combat game. It's a rhythm shooter rather than rhythm action. But um, audio visually, I think it looks really promising. Um, yeah. You play a, a sort of metallic insect yeah um racing along a what well I've seen conceptual videos I'm not sure where they are in development but you seem to be moving at like a billion miles an hour down a track um enemies at the end of the track fire towards you and you um your your the rhythm action element is to um counteract their attacks with your button presses and attack enemies at the end so i suppose it's got little elements of um child of eden mizuguchi's follow-up yes. to res um but it's also clearly got huge bits of uh, influences from harmonics's games and and, and stuff like it's that it's kind of strange as well because the media have picked up on this one and and that's really cool because it, it's a genre that still probably doesn't get as widespread acknowledgement outside of guitar hero and rock band as it deserves yeah um and, and they got behind this but it's interesting because this was unveiled at a very similar time to the new Amplitude Kickstarter, and it's probably had more people talking about Thumper in the media than, than the actual follow-up to Amplitude. It seems that Amplitude's development, uh, understandably, has probably overtaken that of Thumper. Um, yeah. I think I think maybe we're going we're gonna to get it first, but... Um yeah, Thump- Thumper is one for all Kane and Rince fans, especially people who have enjoyed this yes. podcast to look out for, I'd say. Um, I, th- I think question marks are about how um, how deep an experience it can be and whether it will have the uh, the level of, you know, um, sort of in the zone muscle memory stuff as, as its predecessors. But I'm, I'm confident they can, can, uh, can nail it. And really, the last game I want to mention before we move on to the three-word reviews and summary is, uh, is Chroma, which, uh, again, is a game I haven't played but it's by Harmonics, and it's their attempt at a rhythm action PC first-person arena shooter, which, again, uh, you can't really fault their 
their commitment to to uh, music based games um all i've i've read a few things and i've watched a few videos and it seems like it's um it needs some work it's been in alpha is that right and uh people have played it but i don't think people have been coming away going oh my god this is going to be you know the the best game ever whatever but um but i think it's shown some some promise but it's such it's such a weird idea you know just thinking about how to make a game like that playable um but i've you know watching it play people shoot each other and the sound effects sound like music <laughs> you can kill people yeah, with it, pianos it's one of those games it's an interesting concept but i'm not excited about it at the same time um which which yeah i'll wait until it's a, a more complete when it's finished before yes. i give it a fair shake absolutely that, but it's I've got my eye on on other games in this genre, sort of ahead of that when it comes to musical related games and indeed first person shooters. So yeah, it's, and first person shooters. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, but you know, again, it's harmonics. They could they could yet nail it, or maybe yeah, it will they could go it down as a failed experiment. Either it's way, interesting. Exactly. Either way, fair play to them for undertaking such a thing. So yeah, that's our, our brief um, rush through um, the the sort of subsequent. Uh, things that uh, begat uh, were begat from uh, frequency and amplitude um, yeah interesting and uh, it, it, we're, this is an, an interesting time in that you know they are coming back this year there, there could have been a point a few years back where you know literally all, all that harmonics were releasing was like the odd track of rock band DLC every few weeks and you're thinking this can't last much longer this you know like this 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 something's going to happen here either they're going to have to reboot relaunch or or this company's not going to be around but in fact they're making now making several games and rock band dlc is back in the sh- in the online shops they even released a um a free track for people who've already got rock band the other week which i downloaded to celebrate the forthcoming return so uh, exciting times for fans of harmonics i'd suggest uh, we've managed to rake in a few three-word reviews from these games uh, for these games that didn't sell too many copies uh, back in the day, so that's great. So Xavier Fox Shandy says, synthesize spaz-tick baseline. Kazimod says, thanks, Green Arrows. Yeah, so that relates to one of the things that they put in amplitude to make it slightly less overwhelming <laughs> yeah. yeah uh danny bucks refers to uh ubiquitous freeze pop track science genius girl justin smith says rock band forefather ryan astley block rocking beats that's not actually in the game though is it either of them? no, no, no. <laughs> Fair enough. And Jonathan Edwards uh, tempered his language just for us, and he says, "Blooming, love them." Thanks, everybody. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rince. Uh, now, to summarise, frequency and amplitude. Uh, would you even go so far as to recommend that people seek out the PlayStation Two discs on eBay, where they probably uh, might cost you a few pounds, and you have to play them on a PS Two, or is it something consigned to history? Or just look forward to Amplitude Twenty Fifteen, or what, Josh? Um, I I really enjoyed my time with Frequency, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to recommend it now, given that this genre, 
you know blew up um after its release and um i think there are examples uh of games that kind of capture what frequency does and are more accessible uh res uh, res hd springs to mind even though that's not a, a rhythm action game per se it uh i think it really captures um the feeling that frequency evoked and actually kind of expands on it for me and it is probably more memorable and and just it, it really really nails the synesthesia experience and and you know res hd if you've got a 360 um you can easily get that and i'm hoping if you know xbox one owners now that there's backwards compatibility they should be able to get res hd as well um but Hurrah. yeah um uh, but that said, if if you feel like you know you still have a PS2 kicking about and and you know you know hooking it up to your TV doesn't bother you in the same way it doesn't really bother me, then um, yeah, I I would highly recommend Frequency. Um, uh, the soundtrack, just the visual aesthetic and everything, it it just it it kind of. Re- it kind of really represents like everything I want that genre to be um, just really focused on the music and kind of getting your brain to fuse with the music and, and losing that sense of space and everything around you and just becoming one with what's going on on screen. Um, Amplitude, while in many ways a much more polished product, I think is a lesser experience. Um, just providing, giving that context of having the spaceship kind of removed me from the experience um i i I do think this is a subjective thing like uh you know a lot of people feel more positively about this game and i think my kind of uh negative experience overall is mainly to do with the fact that i i'm really in love with that uh kind of experiential kind of transcendent um approach to music games and amplitude is uh, you know is kind of going towards what rock band and and um and uh, guitar hero ended up being and and those exp- you know those experiences have great value to people but they're just not experiences for me so yeah i i love frequency and uh unfortunately i'm not so in love with amplitude fair enough call moon my memories from both are more in times with the exp- that period of time in my life. Uh, you know, I played them again a few years back, and they were they were good games. They didn't feel as special as they once did, and that party atmosphere that I had of primarily playing both in multiplayer with friends at university will always be cherished. Uh, I much prefer frequency as a as an experience, like Josh said. Uh, but I think that Amplitude was more important to the development of the way that the genre went. As a result, I don't think I would recommend people play them. Uh, it, it seems sort of incredibly harsh to do so because I'm still quite positive on both titles, more so frequency, as I said. But uh, for me, the, the way that they developed the games for Guitar Hero and Rock Band and DJ Hero especially uh, and how easy they are to access and play and how much more polished they are to play, I would say that you're probably better off steering in that direction. I think if you wanted the experience that's most similar to them, then probably DJ Heroes the way I would recommend playing them. 
but if you did go back, you're probably in for an interesting experience. I, I, as a result, I'd probably skip amplitude, which you know we've said is the more polished, uh, because frequency is feels so much different to play. Um, so if you're going to play either of the two, go with frequency, um, be- because that that synesthetic feel is just really quite something else when you when you get in the zone. If that's if you can get you know first of all get the game and then and then sort of settle into that that PlayStation 2 era gameplay which doesn't always convey very well and isn't for everyone and it, nor was it for everyone at the time let's not forget uh but if not just just go with more modern music games um but yeah both very good titles both very important and lots of fun especially in multiplayer <laughs> Yeah, uh, purely, pretty much purely single player experiences for me, but I fell very much in love with Frequency and was uh, extremely hooked upon it for quite a while. Um, Amplitude I enjoyed thoroughly uh, to a degree, although um, while I appreciated the the smoothing of the difficulty curve and and the the extra niceties for player friendliness, I didn't enjoy the track selection so much ultimately. Um I would feel it would feel slightly disingenuous to strongly recommend people uh seek out uh games on eBay that I sold on eBay. <laughs> Not because I'm trying to get them to buy my copies again or something, but just because if I felt that fondly of them would I have got rid of them at some point um because I really did fall deeply in love with uh first guitar hero and then rock band and uh and also thoroughly enjoyed um the DJ Hero games knew that rock band blitz was available and even unplugged on the PSP I felt like I didn't need to own those games anymore with hindsight I think that maybe getting rid of frequency was a mistake on my part I think maybe it should be on my uh my epic shelf as our Darren Gargett would have it fortunately then the game I do want to recommend that people at least look out for because we're not in the business of reviewing things which aren't even finished yet but uh, the forthcoming game that will be available is called Amplitude it's by Harmonix it's going to be downloadable on uh, PlayStation 4 it's a PlayStation exclusive I believe because the name is still a Sony owned IP um, but frankly uh, many many of our listeners are multi-format owners as uh, as most uh truly committed gamers will be for those exclusives such as this one and uh, look out for that also look out for thumper um might turn out to be uh, a load of rubbish but um at least check out some videos of it because it's um it's pretty striking to look at and listen to um but yeah uh, just enormously fond memories of, of frequency mainly and one of the first rhythm games before harmonics's laters that uh really got my endorphins absolutely pumping for a music game and trained my brain to be able to not only play the tracks in the game with from pure muscle memory but also to create my own sequences on my three twitching fingers in nightclubs when listening to other other music uh so that's frequency and amplitude as i say um that's our, I think that's only our third rhythm action-y kind of podcast, but uh, expect more in the future. There are some really important franchise, franchises to cover, some of them by harmonics. Uh, so, but until uh, next issue, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Josh and Carl, and to tell you that issue 183 will be all about Supergiant's sophomore release, or was it a difficult second album, Transistor.
so quickly, they say, 